Okay. So yeah, I'll just say, um, I got an appointment for the vaccination. I'm excited. I think it's the Pfizer one. So I think I have two. Um, I, my first appointment. Yeah. Right. I get stuck twice. Um, (laughs) my first one I got was, uh, like the first appointment I was able to book was three 15 AM today. So it was supposed to be a Saturday morning (laughs) in the Bronx. I live in Astoria, Queens. So it would have been like, it's in like an hour and 15 minute train ride. Oh, you can't take the train because it's being clean for COVID. Can't take the train. Even if I could, it would have been the train. It would have been two buses and all this shit. And this lady's like, I'm trying. So like, thank you so much for like working with me. I'm just like, yeah, totally. Anything you need. I'm like, this is the worst (laughs) possible. And then it just like, I start spiraling because I'm like, okay, I'm like this privileged little whiny bitch who like is lucky enough to be able, if I wanted to do this, I could do this, whatever. But like, what are people, how hard is it for people who are less privileged than me to get this fucking shot? Like all these comedians we know are like getting shots and stuff. And all these people are like, oh yeah, my BMI, I'm a fat piece of shit, but I got the shot. Then I'm like, what if you don't have access to the internet? Like, what if you don't know, if you don't have time to like take off of work or you can't afford to take off of work to do this shit or be up at fucking 315 in the morning, go to the Bronx, like, it, it really like upset me at how bad this process is. I oh, mean, and when I went there, right, the place I went to was like right beside the projects. There's no real other like apartments or anything nearby. And you could tell that almost everyone in the store took a trip to get there. And then the one like one dude came up, tied up a pit bull, came in and then he couldn't get it because he didn't have an ID. They wouldn't let him get it. And you're that's like, wild. OK, that's a basic that's like an obscene thing, because all the things that require ID require a bunch of bullshit, you know, right. Like exactly. mail being sent to you or, you know, access to a bunch of other bureaucratic nonsense. They're like, oh, if you kind of fell through the cracks, what, you just don't get one. It's just stupid. I just can't. This country is so we're so ridiculous. It's yeah. but we'll we get- deserve to run out of water. It's yeah, it's hard, right? Because they're doing them now and it's like supposed to be kind of limited. And so there's so much guilt over getting one now. But then right. also, I don't know. I have to like go into the city every day. Right. So I'm all I'm just like justifying it with that. The, there's that. But it's also like it's going to we're going to get everyone. We're exactly. as far as countries and, who are doing vaccines going. We're going fucking hard, especially our right. city, too. And that's the thing is like, yeah, right now they're technically limited, but it's not because it's limited supply. Like it's not because we don't have enough vaccine. It's because our government decided not to send enough. Like I stopped at different pharmacies and called different places. And they're like, yeah, we put in for like 400 orders of the vaccine. I have 150 people on my wait list, but they won't tell me when we're getting it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not like, Ooh, we only have six vials left. Good luck. You know, it's more like, yo, any, like we want people to get this, but our stupid fucking government process. And who is already in talks with sending it out. And you're like, Hey, can we get this first? (laughs) Right. In LA, like another huge city is like step way steps behind where we are. That's wild to me. It's so bonkers. My mom finally got it like the day after I got mine, which is insane because she's in her seventies. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Granted part of that was like, she had just moved. So establishing that she was a resident there was a big pain in the ass. So it took a little longer. Sure. Um, but it was still like that. Oh, I should be getting it before you. I'm gonna die right. before you. Yeah, this doesn't feel right at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um, other than that, you're doing good. You doing all yeah, right? I'm all right, man. I'm uh, you know, just living the just living the dream. Just living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Just living the dream. I'm, I have uh, bugs in my brain. <laughs> I had a I had a literal bug on me last night, and I took all of my rage about the state of the world out on the bug. And uh, I realized that I should be looking for a therapist. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, good luck, buddy. By the way, you have to go to one of those fucking apps now. I sent over 20 emails. Like, the problem is, I have such small windows of actually trying to fix myself. Yeah. They're like, all right, I got these four hours where I seem like my brain and I are in sync. We're going to fucking do this. Send out all these emails. Hey, I live close. I need help, please. And then the only reply I got back was like, hey, I'm a booker for these people. They're all full. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is everything is like sending a veils to a comedy club now. Dude. Like life and death. You're like, oh, I need a vaccine. Or like, all right, how yeah. many credits do you have? You it's know, like, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> my whole life was fucking crash. Tinder. It's just sending out messages into the vacuum and be like, Ugh. something will come back. I started sending out some comedy messages to people who were like, 
that I don't respect, I guess. <laughs> People I know, I'm like, also, I just crushed in front of you. It's the only set I've done. You know I can do this. Right. And just having to take, like, just being ignored by people who still bomb, even though they've been doing comedy the entire pandemic and they still eat shit every time they get on stage and I still have to suck their feet and get nothing. It's oh, humiliating. I, I'm not... I, I'm not going to suffer. I, I refuse to suffer these fools. The people have been doing comedy the entire pandemic and have not gotten one new joke oh or, or oh any better. God. I'm not I'm not telling you good set. I'm not nuxing you. I'm not dapping you up. We're not doing anything. Dude. I'm just going to stand there and pretend you don't exist until it's my time to be on stage Someone... or my time to watch somebody else be on stage. <laughs> I like this cold new band. I like this fucking bold, bold like... cold, fucking honest. No more fake nice. No more fake mean. They call me old freezer pillow Ben because I'm cold <laughs> as hell. All right? I love a pillow that had a refrigeration system built in. I could do that. That's going to be my a... big invention that makes me rich. That's a great idea. Stop <laughs> recording and start making that right now. <laughs> Are you comfortable with having EPA controlled chemicals flowing by your head? There's nothing Yeah, see, but this is the problem with the Only only because of the way we only because of how I'm in awkward piece of shit <laughs> generally speaking it's fine uh okay i'm just gonna count down three two one hey everybody welcome to burn your heroes uh the podcast where each week we tear apart your beloved figures from history and pop culture in an unending journey to prove that some of our favorite protagonists are actual trash i'm ben katzner i'm a comedian here with my co-host I'm Albert Kirshner, also a comedian. I hope, please. <laughs> Somebody book both of us. We need this. <laughs> that was an incredible intro, Ben. You're really good at this. I read the thing that we wrote earlier. Wow, cool. About it. <laughs> That's great. We should kill the guy who does the SNL thing and let you do his job. He's not dead. I don't know. My bo- Life is a mountain of corpses, you know? We're sure. just sitting on top of it. Let's let's put it this way. If he's dead, he's one of the lucky ones. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for this week's episode, the heroes that we decided that we wanted to burn were Jim and Pam from The Office. Uh, this is great. Now, right? OK, so I grew up like my friends and I, that was a big thing for us each weekend was to go watch the new episode. Like this was really this could generally they could generally be defined as heroes of my life as fucking lame is that it's like saying Holy that like I wish shit. I was raised by a pumpkin spice latte. It's fucking garbage. But also, I don't care. I grew up in the woods and they were nice and they seemed well dressed and I liked it. Our listeners can't see my face right now, but I'm shocked. <laughs> this is a, you. You could have told me that you killed an old woman in San Antonio and I would be less surprised than what you just told me. Right now. <laughs> well, that's just more of a about how my vibe is, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Good point. He's killed the elderly. Look at him. That's fucking that's, look at I, him. I did not know that. I really did not know that about you. I, yeah. I did not grow up watching the like it was not must-see oh. TV for me in any way, shape, or form. I got Every back stereotype into it. with it. Yeah, I've rewatched it like eight times. I really dive in. Uh, love it. Fucking love it. And you grew up in Seattle, right? No, I grew up in the, the woods of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Well, this is a podcast also where I learn how little I know about you. Uh, <laughs> We're both so, adopted. Everything other than that is trivial. Exactly. We've both we've both been through trauma. Them yeah, us. we'll both uh, be people with two dead moms one day true cool that's true um i think my mom's gonna live forever but whatever you know mine's gonna Uh, be a thousand so (laughs) maybe they'll be friends and they'll watch the office i feel like i was a little candid about my our dead moms but to be fair my mom every time i call her she's like well when i die in a few years you know this is what's gonna happen i'm like you gotta stop talking to me like that yeah okay yeah my mom does that too so (laughs) they could they'll definitely be friends that's no no doubt about it um Okay, so you grew up watching The Office. I watched it kind of a little bit later in life, got back into it. Um, I guess I'll do this might be annoying for people who know the show, but just in case you don't know the show, you don't know what we're talking about, uh, a little brief brief synopsis of what the show is. Um, so also, <laughs> this is the thing I wrote down and I am saying it, okay? If this is for whoever has never seen The Office or 
who's never had a boring white guy explain it to you while getting fingered on your roommate's futon. Okay. Like those are the only two, uh, those are the only two groups of people who will be like, what is the office? Like, I totally understand. Uh, um, people like white guys explaining stuff they love while trying to have sex is maybe the most hilarious thing. <laughs> how is that not a porn category yet? You know what I mean? We're done with step siblings. Give me, give me like a white guy trying to talk about like Vonnegut. Or the whatever. porn would be the girl being into it. <laughs> the porn would be Absolutely. like, oh my god, tell me about Diablo three, you hot bitch. Exactly. Like, hey, thanks, babe. All right, the, the, it's not as good as the second one, but it's pretty good. So, okay, for anybody who doesn't fall in the, or anybody who falls into those categories, um, this was a TV show I did in like the early two, whatever mid two thousands, right? Uh, where I actually forgot. It's the mid. It's like two thousand six. It doesn't matter, but that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's mockumentary style, right? It was like one of the first shows besides the show that it ripped off uh, from the UK uh, where uh, the camera follows all these people around at Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. It's supposed to be boring. They're supposed to be weird. I totally, they capture the vibe perfectly. But I will say the show does not hold up the way that I thought it would hold up. <laughs> I've okay. noticed, I've rewatched it a lot and I've noticed my my cutoff season for when it becomes shit gets like way earlier every time I rewatch it. Like yes. it started to be, I was like, man, that last season, absolute garbage didn't need to happen. And then recently it was like, well, those last four seasons, I don't know if we needed those. Right. There's very, like there's a lot of people who deserve in our in our opinion who could deserve to be burned for the show i feel like like obviously michael is michael the boss is like the person that everyone would be like this guy's a fucking weirdo like what's going yeah. on he says he says he the funniest shit but because no. he he's portrayed as the villain exactly you know exactly. so like he becomes a hero through like uh these moments of redemption where you're like you're technically harmless because i think anyone in the show could kill you if they'd like to so right. you'd have you pose no real threat other than financially but then you find out he makes less than a lot of people work there <laughs> and it's got like no raises over the years so you're like okay cool the fact that he makes you sit through these incredibly racist presentations you're like ah at least he makes less money than you Right. Like, he he deserves it's okay that he's weird about Oscar being gay. He's making fifteen thousand dollars a year or yeah. whatever. <laughs> he rents like a condo or something. It's so right. bad. Stanley is low key one of the worst people. Like I like Stanley on the show, mm -hmm. but he's low key one of the worst people oh, on the show. Yeah, he's constantly <laughs> cheating on his wife. I'm he's sure, sure he does cocaine. <laughs> Which is the coolest thing about him, I will say. Like if I had to party with anyone from that show in a like non-sexual fashion, yeah. Stanley would oh, yeah. be the He'd person. be a fun one, but he's also like always mad at people for just for, always mad at people for not shutting the hell up and being at work. And it's like, motherfucker, this is eight hours of your day. You're going to have to exist a little bit. We can't all just like pull, zap our brain for the whole eight hours and be dead until work's over. Exactly. It's crazy. I will say the one, the one person who is absolutely, there's two people who are absolutely unburnable untouchable to me uh one meredith okay she's a freaky old milf and i yeah. love that she, <laughs> she gets her job done she gets her job done she's drunk all the time and she can get it whenever she wants it okay yeah. meredith is untouchable to me and, and she's creed a, like, she's a sorry to interrupt before creed but she's the type of person who like the people she fucks she's the reason they haven't killed anyone yet you know, she's out there doing the Lord's work, fucking dudes who are probably on the verge of like burning down a bus or something. And right. they're like, oh, thank God I experienced some love today. I'm OK. I am valid as a human. So Meredith is the person who like has sex with like a like someone who someone who hasn't lost her virginity at like 37 and changes their life, yeah. which is fine. Not that there's anything wrong with not still having your virginity at 37. But if you're if it was gonna turn into a thing, Meredith is the person who's like, all right, let's de-escalate this. Save you know? people. She's a she's savior. Like, she's basically a sex nurse. She's <laughs> and a mother. Okay. Oh, yeah, so I let's forgetting she's a terrible mother, though. She's not a she's good a... mom. Oh, her kid is trash. She's this, but this isn't about this is about Meredith at work. All this right. isn't about Meredith at home. So it's she's Creed. Fine. You said you were really into Creed. Creed, Creed is just straight up, he's only he he there's no fat on anything he has to say he'll say wild shit but it will just be it'll be like creeds in creeds out we love everything he's saying okay he doesn't he doesn't engage in the shenanigans of the office okay he doesn't work but he no. doesn't but he doesn't get in the way of other people working he just exists in this weird creed world and i like that i like someone who goes to work does not interact with any of their peers or co-workers and then leaves and you're like 
what do you think is in his trunk? You know, like I <laughs> yeah. love, I love Who that. Who do you think is in his trunk? Yeah. <laughs> what is that noise coming from his trunk? I also like that he's so detached. He like, I'm like, does he, he doesn't like know the names of his coworkers or the people that work there or what they do. <laughs> I would be shocked if he knows the name of the company, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He's just so like routine and going the right path. If they had right. moved offices and like had heavy labeling changes, he would still be like, what the fuck is this Vance refrigeration place? Exactly. Exactly. Green has no <laughs> idea what's going on. I love that. So those two are untouchable. Do you have any, like, do you have any characters that uh, on the show that you think are just absolutely perfect? Um, Maybe not perfect, whatever. You know who's probably like, who's really like, I mean, I think it's portrayed as like actually like a good person, but it just gets shot on constantly is Toby. Yeah, Toby's just, a, he's just a sad guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it is. Like he, I think he, he oversteps, his, he oversteps the line one time maybe. Oh, he's yeah. Like trying, he's trying to get with Pam. And he like puts his hand on her knee or something. Yeah, that's like big, uh, especially like when it was like in front of, <laughs> it's also like, I remember that because like, it's also like right beside Jim. <laughs> Hey, it's a lifestyle, baby. It's baller. Okay? It's pretty baller to go, but also, yeah, he's like a not quite a sex pest because he doesn't have sex, but right. he's like, you know, adjacent to there of like, I don't know how to deal with being into people, so I'm just gonna like charge up this awkward energy near you forever. He's like a he's a sex larva, right? Like he's <laughs> he hasn't quite he's like a cicada in the ground, but he hasn't quite come out for yes. every 17 years or whatever. <laughs> He's he but Toby yeah Toby like his, his move heart. that's his big fucking move is to put his hand on Pam's knee in front of Jim and creep the shit out of everyone. Oh, I mean you gotta shoot your shot I guess but like again you gotta you gotta understand your location if you're in the workplace for anyone listening this is also a good example for anyone listening who's thinking about shooting their shot with a coworker never in the office what are you doing just no. be cool don't do anything weird and never do anything in the office. That's what Toby taught me. Okay. That's what HR can do for you. <laughs> also, years. like, learn how to shoot your shot, I guess. Be like, hey, I like you. You want to go out? Not like, hey, I'm going to wait till you're married and then grab your knee in front of your husband. <laughs> that's porn. That's what, that's porn's fault. Porn is tied. <laughs> porn's porn. fault. He, he learned from pornography. So there's a, there's a scene they cut out where he was like, I was sure that was going to lead to a threesome. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh. you had the boom operator there already. I don't know why we're not <laughs> filming. I don't understand. Oscar's, okay. all of his faults are like being pretentious. Right. Oh yeah. Annoying, yeah. But he's like actually fine. You know, he's good at his job. He's smart. He's like, I would say Kevin because he seems like a decent dude. But he's like weirdly like, he's like women, these women are ugly. These women aren't. And when you're like, yeah. dude, you're the, it's a miracle you're still alive. First of all, and also you spilled <laughs> chili all over the carpets. You know that office still smells like chili. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would that be his big him spilling chili would definitely be. Very high up on my reasons of not fucking with I would Kevin. be so pissed if I walked in and there was just chili all over the floor of a carpeted room. I'm like, well, this, you know, we're all in here now forever. <laughs> this is, this is it's like, chili. Kevin, there are no windows in here. Like, what are we? <laughs> he also, like, is fine other than the fact that the other two accountants have to do his work for him. The fact that he comes up all the time that he's like a terrible accountant is just right. like, what, are you a mercy hire of some sort? There's not a better department for you that's not numbers? What's so funny is that is that is so when you're watching the show, you're like, why is he even there? Like, if he's so bad at his job, why? But every workplace I've worked at has a Kevin. OK, it has a guy or a girl or some, whatever. Somebody who's just like this person. And sometimes I'm the Kevin. I'll be honest. Yeah, like, I might be the Kevin, Kevin in my lot. job right now. Mm -hmm. OK, but like I, you're sitting there like, is it just too much work to fire us? Like, why are we here? Like, why are the Kevins of the world in here? You just don't want to do the paperwork. It's like, it's easier to have other people do double work than for you to do a little bit of paperwork <laughs> to get me fired. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's, which is in a way like a, a dominance, you know, a lethargic sure. dominance that I'm impressed by. I've done stuff like that at, at while well, a uh, bit of temp, you know, I've got a PR firm to lower their dress code because I just never changed. Whoa. <laughs> put that in your but, bio that's you know. amazing that's so impressive that's well, i also don't think they had it they never had to because there was like there was like one or two other straight guys maybe there was like no one no one to challenge it ever you know and then Wait. you get these like low-paid temps to come in and we don't i don't give a fuck and you're gonna have me sure. here for six months nah, i'm gonna I'll, I'll wear buttons but it's dirty black jeans and vans all day baby <laughs> they're like okay so 
we're like kind of a suit like we're we're cash office but we go like suit jackets and khakis and <laughs> yeah. you're like i'll wear buttons bro i don't know <laughs> i don't have the confidence to ever just tell them i'm like okay great and i just wear what i wear I yeah up. i mean i i show up i show up pretty like i show up in the interview what i'll wear i'll wear to work i temp a lot too so uh like they'll be like okay for the interview we're thinking full suit would be good i'm like no like who has who does that it's the summer i'm not wearing a full you know sweaty lb yeah (laughs) if i take off this coat i'm just just gonna be sweat stains if i leave it on i'm gonna be even sweatier in the face and it's just gonna look creepy right no full full suit for people who make me go up the freight elevator no i'm not gonna wear a full suit (laughs) i love new york city i love that there's that whole like first class curtain is in buildings people pay so much in rent just to not have delivery food people be seen it's insane you go in the dirty elevator around back my favorite is like the disgust the doorman give you because i've worked a lot of delivery jobs and the disgust that doorman it's like motherfucker you're their punk what you're more like me than you are like them you don't live upstairs motherfucker we're both gonna be on the train going back to brooklyn after this you insane goon who's like found love for this job he's just like i just like suckling on rich toes (laughs) okay well I'm going to stop you there. Who doesn't like suckling on a rich toe? All <laughs> they're right. Just, they're better without the crusty calluses. You're right. I'm just saying. It's a smooth toe. Try a little soft toe. It might, it might loosen you up a little bit. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> okay. Before we get to the big two, there's Ryan. Ryan's uh, a bad guy. There's, Ryan's to a me, Ryan is a bad every, person. I think Ryan is like 30% of Jim's personality. Sure. Okay. It's almost like why Jim's good. Go. Yeah, because because his incessant half-ass love for Pam yeah. is like distracting him from becoming Ryan or oh. worse, a guy who shoots himself at his desk. Sure. Day one, he's like, I hate my job. I have no drive to change it. And those dudes don't turn into anything good. You know, he's either going to start doing drugs with Ryan in the fucking temp closet or he's just he's going to show up one day and be like, Here's my work for the week, and then just blow his brains out in front of everyone. People will be like, "Ooh, that's gonna be a mess. That's gonna be you harder the, than Kevin's chili." <laughs> yeah, that, that's the response. Like, God, first the chili, now this. <laughs> Can we catch a break, please? And they took away Columbus Day from us. What am I? Oh I just, I'm, I'm <laughs> we have nothing. Uh, yeah, Ryan is a bad. That's a. I like that. That he's thirty percent. Yeah, absolutely. Because he he really is. He's. He's driven in the worst possible ways. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is like the office equivalent. He's like I don't I don't know what the words I'm looking for, but he is cocaine. I'm like that's yeah. cocaine in a tie. Like mm-hmm. I understand what that is. I know that energy. I avoid that energy in the bathroom. If you would have just I'm done like, your job, you would have gotten the same promotions. <laughs> I don't <right>. understand. <laughs> and would not have lost them immediately. Right. And he's and he's uh you know, he bang, he him and Kelly are together. And uh, I understand that she has her own faults. Yeah. But I, he's always like, I can do better than Kelly. I can do better than Kelly, whatever. We never see him do. I don't think I ever see an, I don't remember an episode where he's ever done better than Kelly. No. So he needs to show his queen some respect. Okay? In the, it is peak when he's like a New York bougie, Ryan. Um, what's his face? Dwight, <laughs> that weird, and his like weird friend, go visit him, right? With Michael. Okay. And they go clubbing. And Ryan, Dwight's the one crushing it. Yeah, exactly. Not like Ryan's living a good life. He just goes to a club with a suit on. He's not like meeting people, having fun. He's just like, I kind of know about people. And then Dwight's over there cleaning up with the women's basketball team. (laughs) You're absolutely right. I completely forgot about that. You're 100% right. And that's a metaphor for comedy for anybody who's listening. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. It doesn't matter. You can try as hard as you want. You can think you have all your goals set up. You can have that cocaine energy where you're attacking the day. But uh, there's always going to be a Dwight that just swoops in and gets yeah. your Comedy Central half hour or whatever oh, you think God. is important. Luckily, that's like kind of the bonus of like not having anything going on for you is that you're never losing anything, you know? Yeah. If you're always a Stanley, you got nothing to lose except for yeah. your wife and You family. can't fire me for a tweet. I have no job. <laughs> right. I barely have internet. I'm not sure if this tweet went out. My Wi-Fi is down. What do you want? From I'm trying to delete it. It won't work. It's already out. made. Is it this through. a tweet or is this just a draft? I don't know. It'll just. I guess it's just a thing. I thought. Is that? I feel like I'm scared of my drafts. And you know, like, oh well, my drafts are naughty. And I go back and look at them. I'm like, no, they just don't make any fucking sense. I see right. mad, but it. Ooh. All my tweet drafts are me calling the MTA terrorists. 
because oh, uh, yes. I'm I'm always stuck on the train or late, and I'm like, the Metro Transit Authority is a terrorist organization. That is every <laughs> single one of my draft tweets. My favorite new Instagram is, or maybe it's a Twitter, is an account that just people send in whenever they see uh, the fair enforcement police, and then oh. they just tweet out where they are. Because it's a fucking stupid job to have and you should be ashamed to do that. I just watched them give a dude a ticket and then go outside and then not pay to come back in. Motherfuckers. If we want to save money on fair, why don't we just cut your fucking salary? I'm ludicrous. I don't know. Hey. I also don't know how things work. You run for mayor, you got my vote. That's all uh, I'm saying. You or uh, Miranda <laughs> from Sex in the City. It's right. the same thing. <laughs> nice. Okay. So now we're on the, the jam. The Jim and Pam. Yeah. So, so our general, that's what we going through ever all the characters, Jim and Pam to me are some of the, I mean, they're the two worst people. Um, so Jim Helpert generally for those who those not in the know, he's just a basic, he's just the, he is the epitome of average white guy failing forward. You know what I mean? Like, He's not, he doesn't do anything. He's a little bit charming. He's, he's just charming enough to like kind of get a promotion here or there, kind of get the right guys to like him. You know, he talks about basketball enough where people are like, that Jim? Or like the cut of his jib or whatever the fuck, right? Most and he of doesn't, his success comes from not being Dwight. Mo, so much of his success becomes from, or comes from not being you Dwight. You know, I like that guy who didn't have a knife. That, he's right. a cool dude. Right. He wasn't trying to shove a beat down my throat. So I guess he's a good guy. I don't know. You know, he doesn't really if you if you really look at the full picture of his life, um, I think he has a roommate early on. His roommates kind you could tell he he talks shit about everyone at work to his roommate, which is normal. But but also like you can tell their vibe. Like I'm like, okay, I would meet you at a small town bar and you try to big time me. You know, you try to out drink me or something. Jim and his roommate, I don't like them. Jim's brothers are also shitty people. Yeah, and that's where I think Jim gets his shittiness from because they were shitty to him all the yeah, time. I think right? he could have been. Le- I think he's the least shitty of the three brothers. But he's still. But I'm not in his family, so he's shitty to me. You know what I mean? He doesn't. <laughs> I have do a greater anything. crime for him. What are you? What? My crime is his ambition. Is how it wakes up suddenly after he locks his family down to a shitty tiny house in Scranton. <laughs> yes, that is a thing. That, He's like, I was talk this about is our perfect yes. life, and then the life starts. He's like, actually, fuck you and the kids. I'm going to Philly. Yeah, <laughs> that is a huge. That is a huge problem, Jim. <laughs> it's like you did this without asking anyone. You locked your family into this life without asking anyone, and now you're too good for it. <laughs> you that is a theme. That is a theme with Jim, and we will, we will. That is a he does that to Pam at a different point too, which we'll talk about. And he, he just he thinks he's always right. Jim is a guy who thinks he's the smartest person in the room. He just doesn't. Yeah. If he tried more, he would be right, or he would win everything, or mm-hmm. get whatever he wants, right? So he always thinks he's smart, which makes him always make the most selfish decisions, not thinking about the people he quote unquote loves and cares about, or God. even his even his coworkers, you know? So Jim, I never, I never fuck with Jim. Never once in that show was it like, yeah, Jim, good job, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Pam, Pam Beasley, is she is she a hyphen? Is she Pam Beasley Helpert or is she Pam Helpert now? It doesn't matter. I don't know. But someone email us and let us know. I am yeah. curious about that. <laughs> um please don't pam, make me watch it again i'm not right. gonna pay for peacock jesus yeah also yeah if you're trying to watch the show i don't think you can anymore unless you have the worst streaming network i think it's going to be very good culturally for this podcast to be released because i think a lot of people will don't want to have any interest in giving people peacock money and we need a reason to just like get the fuck over the show forever yeah let us yeah We're let done. us be that reason for you absolutely um okay so pam beasley uh she is she is she is a woman I've met a thousand times in offices that I've tempted in, okay? She is someone who has a sense of entitlement because she's been there a long time. So she thinks that gives her some sort of status over you when in reality, it just means she hasn't done anything. She hasn't done enough to work her way out of her situation. She's She's got this, she's got the same thing as Jim kind of where it's just like, well, Jim has ambition. Pam for a long time doesn't, but that stagnant part of her makes her toxic to the office. Okay. (laughs) She does not like new people. She's mean to the people who are there. 
and she has an no. inflated sense of self-worth of who she is because of how long she's been somewhere. All of these Dwight pranks are on him while he's working. She just he's doesn't. That's making sales, and she's like ignoring the phone, f- helping Jim set up some elaborate prank. Exactly. She's <laughs> tired of her life, so she takes it out on everybody else there. Okay. Yum. Jenna Fisher as the person, as an actress, lovely actress, good person, probably. I haven't heard anything horrible about her. Pam Beasley as a character, I cross the street. If we cross, if we're walking the street at the same time, I'm crossing the street. Wow. She might call the cops on me. I don't know what she's doing. She <laughs> she has that kind of energy where I'm just yeah. like, do you know how what? long I've lived in this neighborhood? I haven't seen you around. <laughs> exactly. She has. I haven't seen you around here before. Energy. Absolutely. I don't want that. I don't want to work with that. I can't work with that. What do you? Excuse me. Excuse me. What are you doing here? <laughs> excuse me. Are you are you delivering something? Like, I'm she, sorry. Like, we just she all... guesses, but she guesses like really racist answers. Like, are you post mating? What are you? Right. <laughs> Is there like a NBA basketball game going on here? What's going on here? What's happening? I'm not sorry. We have no hoops here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just don't see an ID card. Like, most oh, of us have ID you know cards, what she so would I be. I don't think she would be in an HOA unless Angela joined one and then she would join in an HOA sure. and the whole neighborhood would have to deal with both of their fucking garbage. And that would be oh, too much. That's perfect. That what you just said is a perfect segue into the next thing. Cause I think um, Angela is one of the people who's supposed to be like a villain on the show. Right. Angela, you know, she's prissy. She's, Weirdly religious. She's weirdly religious. Not, she doesn't. She denies Oscar's sexuality for half the season. No, I said weirdly religious, not really. I know. I know. Oh. I was saying weirdly. Okay. I was like, no, she's like violently religious. <laughs> okay, gotcha. it's a burden on everyone in the office. Yes, uh, she she's very uptight. Like she's. I don't get me wrong. She is not a bad person. She's a broken person more than I think she's a bad person. She was uh she was hurt by religion at some point in her life and now it's yeah, her it's it's her only stability. Okay. So she uses that as a crutch to judge others to feel better about herself and all the stuff. I don't blame Angela for who she is. I blame God to be honest. Uh I blame Angela's okay. God. Yeah uh, <laughs> I blame God. I was definitely gonna blame her but then if God's on the table fuck God but I don't think she's the, I, I know that's who they want her, but you know, she wants to have a family. She, she does. She wants to be loved. She wants all this stuff. She makes a lot of mistakes, but Hey, sinner sin. That's what we do. All right. But I don't think she's the real, the real villain that they want her to be. Okay. So what is the goal of the office? Right? I think the, yeah, I think the goal of the office is to lampoon office culture. I do think that is the point. So I, mean, I think that I mean more like the like we're in the show now. The goal oh, okay. of this office, right? Is sell paper, I guess. I sell know. paper. That's it. Yeah. Is to make money selling paper. And so the villains, the rural villains, are anyone who goes against that. Okay. And Jim and Pam are probably the biggest hindrances to getting shit done, besides maybe Michael. You know, but sure. as we saw later yeah, in the season, Michael. he ends up boosting morale in a weird way, and they actually all do better. Sure. Okay. They're doing better than the other branches. So his chaos is actually ends up being productive. Whereas Jim spends all of his time not doing shit. Go on a call. Stop that's the receptionist. Albert, that is an intelligent and involved take that I agree with. I like that. Yeah, the goal is to sell paper and Jim and Pam do pretty much everything they can possibly do to not make that happen. Constantly. And Until they realize it's helpful for them. How different the show would have been if Pam wasn't into it? Oh my God. <laughs> the show would be one episode and the back half of the episode is, fam, is Pam filing an HR complaint. Yeah, because he she's taken. She's engaged in the beginning, and he's still like, ooh, I'm going to get in there. <laughs> There's it. an argument to, ma- to be made that uh, Jim is a little bit more of a sex pest than Toby. Well, that's my problem with the show. You know, my generation of weak men were raised to live in this gray area of, like, I like you, but I'm going to just barely do anything about it. So I have all this safety net of, like, I'm not actually flirting with you. I'm just spending all of my time with you instead of working. Sure. But, oh, I mean, when, you know, when her husband comes in, I'm it's innocent, man. That's why everyone feels so weird right now. Hey, I get it. I've seen Flavor of Love, so I know what our culture is based <laughs> on. You don't have to explain yeah. it to me. I totally God understand. Damn. I saw the fucking surreal life that spawned Flavor of Love. Oh, yeah, dog. Yes. <laughs> and him and what, Brigitte? 
Yeah, Brigitte Nelson. Oh, gigantic God, that was woman. The, that show was fucking incredible. It was just like celebrities you don't remember thinking about doing crazy shit. Ren Troyer right. got passed out drunk his first night and just pissed in the corner of the house. I'm sorry. You mean he just lived up to his he legend? I'm not going to be mad about that. The Piss King is back. <laughs> piss King. <laughs> That's what they chanted. Piss King. Piss King. <laughs> that piss is the best King. reality show. We got to go back and deep dive into that. that is I might, yeah, we might have to watch that. That's not bad at all. There are there are no uh, villains in that show. I love everybody. Oh, everyone involved is the villain. <laughs> Everyone's great. <laughs> they were like all villains in their own lives coming together to like try again, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's what they're gonna have to do. They're gonna reboot the office, and that's what it should be. Someday <laughs> they'll reboot it, and it should just be everybody house? old, washed up in a in an office together, uh, working together again, trying to become TikTok TV. stars. Exactly, exactly. That's a it's an influencer house with Dwight <laughs> and fucking Stanley oh and Toby. God. Yeah, that's Dwight it. just whipping beats at Moe's. <laughs> I'd watch that. Dodge at Moe's. Dodge the beats. <laughs> um. So yeah, I that's you nailed it so well. Like the other things I put down, I mean, office culture I do think is supposed to be like what they're attack like that's supposed to be bad, right? Which I agree with. Office culture is bad. So whatever. Yeah, it seems that's, bad. That's I understand. I once uh, once had someone like sit down, the middle management sit down, have lunch with me. No, no, sorry, the management sit down, have lunch with me, have a pleasant conversation, then leave, and then send middle management back to give me a thing saying I got a pay cut. <laughs> whoa that to me is office culture is is just like reinforced cowardice it's the Holy weakest shit. people <laughs> incredible that's horrifying yeah passive aggressive as like a uh, structure like albert we really love what you're doing here oh, God. i think i'm gonna go grab a water you need anything and then when they leave <laughs> it's like hey i'm jerry from accounting <laughs> yeah uh your paycheck's cut in half Good and luck it's like around. hey she just told me that your paycheck's cut in half <laughs> like very obvious and they just had that conversation 10 seconds ago yeah we're like hey, are you alberto uh <laughs> i mean it was my fault i was a minute late it was a retail job i was a minute late you know a bunch what what is time anyway you know what i, I mean no it's hard it's hard to not be like <clears throat> you know everyone there was like yeah this is an easy gig why are you fucking it up and me i was like this is fucking stupid because this isn't what i want to do with my life that's why i'm fucking <laughs> the fact that up. this is work is stupid every second i'm not here people come on <laughs> every second i'm not here is a second that my life is marginally better <laughs> so that's why that's why i was a minute late comedians oh boy i lived in it was a pretty fun slash terrible time okay I liked it for the amount of time it lasted and no more. Sure. I'll give you that. I um, I can't do that. Uh, I, I just had a like, oh, my brain just broke thinking about living with seven comedians. It was a huge house and the rooms were big, but it was, yeah, it was fucking chaos constantly. You're not going to sleep there. It was there's very house, fun and terrible. There isn't a house big enough in the world for me to live with seven other comedians. I'll just say that right now. Honestly, it was just an early uh, stage TikTok house now that I think about it. Hell yeah. Little influencer ranch. Um, I love it. Okay, okay. So so Jim and Pam, we've decided are the actual villains of the show. Yes. And so uh, far what we've talked about has been pre-marriage. Pre-marriage. Yeah. So because they're both so bad on their own. That's what's so interesting to me is like yeah. they were it's like a fucking. It's like if you ever seen Power Rangers where they like they have all the Zords, right? They have all the animals, right? And they build mm -hmm. to like separately they are powerful, but together they create oh the God. Megazord. They are truly and I a feel burden like, on everyone in the office. And Jim and Pam are the Megazord of like fucking mm -hmm. white fuckery in an in an average oh, office. Oh God, your I notes can't. about like you having a baby does not entitle you to a better life than me or a better treatment of the office than me. It's that's so that's so much a part of who they are. Like when they get together, they're like, well, we have a family now. And it's like, well, other people had families there. Just mm -hmm. because you bring your baby to work doesn't mean you're better than me. OK, <laughs> Yo, honestly, your baby burden on the on the work. Right. We don't want your baby here and your baby wants a new mom, Pam. OK, so <laughs> think about that mom with a real personality and the courage to go for things she wants. And, you know, a dad who doesn't fucking break the fourth wall so much would be nice. That would be nice. If just, dad who's just a normal guy. Let's but, lie wings. Shrink your nose, you fat-nosed freak. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, okay, so Pam's relationship with Roy, where she just refuses to leave a relationship she hates and stays engaged for, like, a decade, uh, I think is, like, the greatest summary of her personality, of just, like, I am miserable and I'm never going to do anything about it. I 
that relationship is weird. That one, that whole thing is weird to me. So I never touched on it. I never think about it. I pretended barely happened. I think uh, the the real problem with that is she's in an entanglement with someone she works with, right? I don't know if they got together while they worked or if they hooked up after. Like, I don't know if they met at work or if they got together before or whatever. I but see. like, yeah, yeah. She was in a tough, I'll give her credit, I'll, not credit, but like, I will say this for her. That's a tough situation to be in. <laughs> I don't know he's why. He's a downstairs guy. What, they see each other guy. on the way in, the way out? That's it. He never but, has to come upstairs. He only comes upstairs to hang out with her and to watch her flirt with Jim. The thing about breaking up with someone that you work with is that they always know where you are. Okay. <laughs> That's a little scary. I'll be yeah, honest. And Roy's not really the most sound dude. <laughs> Roy did not seem like a guy you'd want to break up with. Okay. So she I can't that... break up with him and have him know where I work and live. Exactly. Exactly. The what happened between Roy and Jim was probably best case scenario. <laughs> like we're watching if if in real life, if Jim cheated on or broke up their relationship. The, that episode of The Office now turns into like a Law and Order episode where Roy has burned down half the building and like taken half the people hostage that are still alive or something. So I think that's a best case scenario. Creed saves fine. the day. He does cut Roy's throat though. It's fucking graphic. Creed would absolutely like die hard Roy at some Roy point. Roy turns his back for a bit. Creed pulls out a blade, cuts his throat. Everyone's freaked out, but then later, like, wait, so do you carry that with you always? You're not supposed to have that at work. <laughs> well, you never know when you're gonna need it, and then it just <laughs> disappears into the shadows. That's exactly what. Creed would and do. when Dwight become best friends, <laughs> I do think I do think Pam's thing. Pam does her biggest issue, in my opinion, is that she's she just gas. I think she gaslights everybody. I think she's very much like she pretends that she's nice, and then people. I don't know, just they're just themselves to her. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, you think you're people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she's like a real, yeah. she doesn't treat them with the respect. I Even if you hate your coworkers, there's a base level of respect that you you show to their face that I don't think she does to them. And I think that's bad. Thing. You think Michael knows how incredibly condescending she is to him? Like he no. saves all the like the fake memos and shit in a pile. And he's like, one day, Pam, you know, hopefully you get out of this childish bullshit. You know, I'm an adult. I'm a human being. <laughs> Pam, at some point you're going to have to realize that I am your boss. Okay. <laughs> I'm your supervisor. And you need to, you need to take the, you're the lowest ranking employee in this building. <laughs> Pam, do you want me to read your review? Because I will. I will read your review that I sent to corporate. Here's a review I sent to corporate. Uh, one time someone called us and no one answered because she was gone. Fucking around with Jim. Right. She couldn't, she couldn't answer the phone because she was making a rubber band maze with her work daddy. That's what she said. <laughs> but I guess, you know, she's been here. She's got tenure or whatever. She's still here. Um, but the, the big thing with those two, so everybody, everybody in the office is weird, right? Mm -hmm. But Jim and Pam and uh, Jim and Pam are the people who should know better. Everybody else is basically on the spectrum. It's so, like at some level, whether it's Asperger's or whatever, something different, maybe a brain. I, I feel like Dwight's probably dropped as a baby. I feel like they talk about that or something. Probably got a brain injury, right? So they're not all... <laughs> They're not all operating on the same level, but Jim and Pam are two just like they're, they know better and they still do worse. And that does bother me. See, okay? I would say that they're the only two people in the office who are still scared to be themselves. They're hiding under this veneer of normalcy. I have someone shoot me in the neck for saying those words. I mean, this is like a real this is like a real yeah. critique. That's so funny. They're like you should... not They're Yeah, they're not. They're. They're like hiding what they think is normal and everything they judge everyone else to be is like actually real personality traits. <laughs> These they're everyone is weird. No one is like Jim or Pam. You'd kill anyone you met that was actually like Jim and Pam, even though I've, I've met a few people like them. You know, all the interesting people I met were fucking goobers or weirdos. Sure. Like everybody else, you know, Phyllis, she's a kinky freak. Phyllis she's is a, a freak. Yeah. Most of the women in the office are freaks. I will yeah, be true. honest. Even that Angela, is a fun thing. she gets down into it. She's Angela, on paper. Meredith. <laughs> yeah, does. pretty much everyone but Pam. And Pam is the only prude. Which, Pam's you like know? great. Like, and listen, I'm a sexless virgin freak. And even I've, heard I've that had a crazier you. life than Pam. But she like they fucked one time in the office, and that was like the height of their sexual life. Yeah, we know for sure that Pam 
and Jim have had sex three times. They have two kids, right? Or they have one. Mm-hmm. I think that one uh, time they did it in the kitchen and she got all embarrassed when he mentioned that. And it was just like, so that's as, that's as far as your sex life goes, huh? And another room. Okay. <laughs> you guys are dead already. No wonder this doesn't work out. Right. They're going to get divorced. The, the, someone the of the office, rim someone divorced. so this can work in Scranton, please. There you go. Everybody be rimming in Scranton. Hey, everybody everyone else that. is rimming in Scranton. Why do you think they're Everybody's so fucking weird? That's so funny. I'm picturing Jan just eating Michael's ass. And oh, I'm like, yeah. That's... That's Angrily. a relationship. He and she, you know, and he's like, can we stop this? He doesn't like it. And she's like, like, shut the fuck up. It's not about you anymore, Michael. <laughs> that music. Oh my God. The music of like that boy that she hired <laughs> and then banged. And then he yes. wrote an album about her. Yes. Jan, Jan can get it too. Every woman so hot, yeah. can get it in the office. I don't care. <laughs> there aren't enough black women in the office. However, everybody can still get it. I'll say it. Um, okay. So do we have specific i wrote down a couple of specific things about jim and pam that i think make them particularly shitty okay um the first thing i thought and then if there's anything you can think of add whatever and then uh you i'm gonna make you defend these two people you made All me right. defend last episode you made me defend fraser so i'll make you defend these two people sorry uh, yeah it was rough i got a lot of a lot of emails okay a lot of emails <laughs> um so you you kind of touched on this before where Jim like just took the job in Philly and he just does these things and is like, mm-hmm. no, this is good. It's good for me. So it must be good for everybody. Right. Jim, there's a little prelude to that. Jim just surprise buys his parents house and doesn't tell Pam about mm-hmm. it. That's like a big thing. Like I was looking this up. That's on the internet. People are like upset. Yeah, yeah. They're like, who does this? What yeah, kind of it's man- a shitty house. It's a really shitty house. The house is bad. The plan is bad. The execution of the plan is what bad. What is she supposed to say? Right. Uh, That's a tra- no, give me a less shitty house. We live in Scranton. Houses cost like $10 here. What the fuck? Have you ever opened like a shitty Christmas gift from someone you care about like a lot? Like your, you know, like your favorite uncle gets you something and then you're like, oh, I haven't, this is so exciting. And then you open it up and it's like a hat that you'll never wear, like, you know? Ah, cool. Imagine as if valuable that, as the paper came Right. In. Imagine if that hat was $150,000, okay? And you had to take out a <laughs> oh, bank loan to wear it. You have to live in it. You have, you have to, to live it. in that hat forever. You're going to raise <laughs> kids in that hat. That's what's so insane. It's like the size of a closet. And they... They know they're going to have kids. It's crazy. Right. It was just <laughs> such a weird moment for him. It was sentimental. I, they're all I about the sentiment. I just, ugh, I can't, I can't stand that moment. It's such a horrible moment. Um, and then also a thing I realized is that Jim has like a couple other girlfriends before or whatever, before him and Pam like really get together. Yeah. Um, I think two. Right. And one of them, he breaks up with, he like drags her to the Dunder Mifflin company party. Yeah, she only. Oh, okay. This is. A... Are you talking about Rashida Jones? I think it's. I think this is. Um. Or are you talking the handbag lady? Is is it Isla Fisher? Somebody else? Amy Adams? Amy Adams? I always get those two confused. I think Amy Adams or somebody is like his girlfriend once. There's someone who's not Karen, Rashida Jones, who is his girlfriend, and I think it's. I think it's the episode where like Pam walks over hot coals. And then she's like, everybody sucks. Your dick is small. Yeah. Jim, Handbag I want to be with you or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so he brings her to that company party. First of all, bringing a new love on a, oh. on a to an office to an office boat party, you're a criminal. You should be in jail. <laughs> I think prison should be abolished, but you can keep uh. one to put Jim in it because of what he did to this woman. Okay. So you put her through all of that bullshit, right? And then you just then you're like, well. Pam came back, so you're out of here, bitch. Like, that's a crazy thing to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering the episode right, if that's not how it goes, you can at me, you can let me know. But I'm pretty sure he just brings her to a party, strings her along. She doesn't have fun. He's like disengaged the entire time. And then he's like, then they're just like, yeah, this isn't working out. And it's just like, yeah. you couldn't even give her a fucking ride home first, dog. Like, <laughs> This is, this is a car ride talk. He realized that he wasn't going to date her so much earlier, but had no other options. So just does it anyway. Mm-hmm. And she's like having a ball. 
She's like, this is great. I met a dude. I'm having a good time. We're yeah. hanging out. I have to go suffer a few office parties, but hey, he's there. It's a good time. He's not spending the whole time there thinking I'm a fucking idiot and trying not to cover right. that up. Right. So I met a good man with a job. He's tall. <laughs> I think this might work out for me. And then he basically just throws her off the boat. So. Uh, she, by the way, who, yeah, selling hand custom handbags door to door to office complexes is kind of dumb, but at least she went for it in any way, Pam. Right. Okay. Coward. <laughs> um and then pam i think uh the i think a very specific example of her being shitty is um there's a time when pam's pregnant someone has to cover for her at the office and mm-hmm. like the new woman that comes in is like cute and young or whatever and i think they call her like hot pam or something yeah whatever and pam i don't know if i can't remember if she for sure goes around to everybody and like do you think she's hot do you think she's hot but she definitely makes it a thing with jim Mm-hmm. And Jim is Jim is doing the right for once in his godforsaken life. Yeah. Jim is doing the right thing and being like diplomatic and being like whatever. And she's like, "Well, you got to take a lie detector test. Like you now, you need to." Yeah, she's forcing him to say that she's not hot anymore because she was pregnant, and he's refusing to to hurt her like that. Right. Um, so also, he's getting he's for both sides because that little hussy is also all over him the whole time, even though she oh, I forgot knows. About that. Yeah, she knows he's married and just had a kid. And she's like jumping his bones like crazy. And yeah, Pam's like, you don't love me. And the other lady's like, why don't you love me? And he's just right. like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. Slamming his out. dick she's, in a door. Yeah, she's got Why have you betrayed me? <laughs> I think that's like, there's a huge conflict, internal conflict there, right? Is like the Scranton versus Philly is, I think, emblematic to the whole thing. I'm just saying words I'm like 30% sure I have any idea what they mean. You feel like an adjunct professor right now. You'd be like, look, uh, there was a lesson plan, but I forgot it in my geo. So uh, let's talk. Let's get into this. They're called geo, but they're not even better for the environment. They're just shitty cars. They're just shit. Hell yeah. Um, So Yeah, the whole thing is that like, okay, what life should be versus the hunger of the American dream, right? He like goes in goes to work at this thing and he could get everything he technically needs out of life from this, a wife, a child, a job that pays him. Right. But he realizes if that's every day and he's constantly like conflicted with this whole uh, exciting rush to go get money, to fuck younger, hotter people or whatever. And it's like, he can't make that decision for himself. So the whole show is riddled with him. Like, struggling with that right he's like okay fine i will buy this house and my parents will have a picturesque life as soon as that happens he's like ah i'm gonna bolt i'm gonna go to philly without you knowing i'm gonna go chase my dreams but i'm gonna kind of drag you and it's like i can't make a specific decision so i'm gonna hurt you by living in the middle Oof. okay so i am jim okay gotcha understood (laughs) yeah it's my whole it's my whole fucking dating strategy why it does not work Just say what okay. you want when there's the attention there. And if they say no, then say no, thank you and move on. You know, there's polite ways to deal with rejection. But living in an area where you're like, I can protect myself from rejection by never actually really going for it. But I can't just send that weird energy that way. Right. Jim is my Jim is like my junior high personality if it got a day job. You know what I mean? Like, I totally <laughs> I get it. I understand. Can you can you say go ahead? Oh, no, you as I say, he should have just been the Philly guy from the get-go and gotten the fuck out of that town. For sure. When Pam was taken, she was the only thing about this, any of this that he cared about. Why not just fucking go to a city and be a city person early on? Yeah. Meet a black person that's not Stanley or any, <laughs> anyone in the in the loading dock area. You could say whatever. that to probably anyone in, in fucking Scranton. <laughs> right. Like, hey, no, we know black people. We've got Stanley. Yeah, he works at that paper place down the street. We know him. He hates like, us. <laughs> You're like, what about all the guys in the warehouse? Like, well, they commute in. They're not really one of us. <laughs> They're not really Scranton. They're from South Scranton. <laughs> can you can you give a de- can, can you give me a singular defense of Jim or like Jim and Pam together or Jim and Pam separately? Do you have a singular defense of who these people are on the show? Um, I do like how like they will their patience with each other over the years. Um, okay. okay, so I, like they're not giving up on each other is I think I think I like I value right because it's like a thing that kills so many relationships is like the first hurdle. 
and people were like, all right, we're committed to each other. Uh, I kind of find this other person hot. Boom. Things broken. Right. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that they're like, they go through these obscene lengths for each other um, and signs of commitment. And you could even frame the house thing as the other side of it. Right. As like, oh, he's like showing her that like, I'm locked in. I'm locked in sure. for life with you uh, in a tiny shitty house. We're going to have to pay way too much to fix up. I'm locked in. And I think there's something to be said there for like this kind of long term dance that they do for each other. That's kind of neat. Um, okay. Other than that, they're like that's kind of beautiful. I don't, honestly, that's not bad. Yeah, um, still fuck them, fuck them both. But yeah, like, that's, sure. That's it's beautiful. like the pro- The reason is, the problem is that it's everyone else's problem, right? You know, if it was just a subtle dance between the two that blossomed into a lifelong marriage with like real struggle, and you know, I did like how the show, even though I hated the show at this point, shows like oh, this relationship going through every stage, and now there's these weird adults who don't really know each other. Um, as they have like two kids, it's kind of cool. Sure. Yeah, um, I mean, everybody who watched the show hated that aspect. I feel. Oh like. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not a like, single person. Everything like around that, I fucking hated it. But that's also honest. That's how like marriages turn out. You know, people get fucking. They change after having kids and have been being together that long because it's been like a decade. Sure. Like, I'll give you that. Different people. I'm I'm uh, unwed, so I guess I don't know anything about that, no, baby. Um, I smashed my dick with a hammer for fun, so I don't know if I'm a good relationship guy. You can see that video on the Patreon. Okay. <laughs> Paywall, baby. We're gonna make that cash. It's gonna okay. hurt. So do you? Okay. So that's that's good. I do like that. Do you? Okay. I think that's a it's a good segue into uh, us doing our our daily or weekly uh, ranking. Okay. I love the ranking system you decided. <laughs> so every week when we do this, we want to have a different rank scale for how to rank these people. Where do they, you know, on a scale of one to 10, sure, where do they rank? But let's go a little twist. Last time, uh, our first episode, uh, we did uh, what kind of animal would Frazier be if he were an animal? Uh, what kind of animal would he kill? I think is actually what we did. But this time, this is my scale. I came up with the scale. So uh, one level one being the lowest, level ten being the highest. Uh, scale of one to ten. Does this make sense? Now yeah, that I'm yeah. reading this, does this make sense? Um, yeah, I already have an answer too. Um, okay, the scale is creepy things a frat guy would say at a party. Where did Jim and Pam rank? I feel pretty good. <laughs> I feel like. See, I was. I've, Okay, terrified of what your answer would be now. It's not <laughs> that like, bad. Oh. It's not that bad. I was, I was just thinking Jim specifically is a level which would say like maybe six or seven, not crazy, but like past five, uh, where he has kept a box. Maybe he'll say this. He's like, you know, I keep a shoebox with all of my ex lovers' feet pics in them under right. his bed. I think it's like, oh, red flag, goodbye. Yes. But I'm not turning you into the police. Okay, and I think that's a a, that's there. perfect. Yes, on a shittiness scale. We're using a frat guy shittiness scale. Yeah. Jim. So you're saying Jim is a five, five to six, is that five to seven, five to seven. Yeah, I would okay. even say six to seven. And then for reference, people uh, level one would be like someone saying, I've got a director's cut of the boondock saints back at my place. If you're interested. All right. We've all been there. And like a 10 <laughs> level creepy that movie. <laughs> That's okay i'm we not a shitty band and we opened a song with a fucking prayer intro that's so funny fucking awful <laughs> level 10 level 10 creepy for this would be um someone cornering you at a party and being like you know college is all about experimenting so uh consider my asshole chemistry lab bitch you know once and you're big toe the world's leading scientist so that's the that's the annoying gross shitty scale that we're using Uh, i like that too because it's like i mean like i just the image of a woman like a really like bored and disappointed woman cramming her toe and some dude's asshole and like just texting her friends like yeah i'm safe but i don't want to be here yeah (laughs) yes i so on the shittiness scale i think that jim and pam and also i realized this is not going to make sense to anybody else later i'll figure we'll figure out the scale at some point i don't care i i like the toe thing so i I left i left it um i think that on a shittiness scale like that um they're like uh i think five is probably right they're right in the middle they're I think there are just way there are worse people 
but like they're so I've just met these people in real life enough that I don't know. I'm going to I'll give them a six because they're not right in the middle. They're right above average. Yeah. They're doing just enough yeah. to be a little bit better. But just like they are on the show, not enough to be, you know, exemplary, like never above the rest of the group. So people I think you there tolerate. are six. They're the people in your office that you should be treated like they treat everyone else in the office. Yes. I agree. You know, because you're like, I mean, yes. imagine if you worked in a real office, like Jim, fucking do something, please. Right. You two <laughs> work. Jim, your computer screen's not even on right now. Okay. <laughs> I can see in your reflect in your glass. I know he doesn't wear glasses, but if he did, you'd be like, I can see in your glasses that you're looking at Facebook right now. What are you, yes. Jim? Pam, uh, you gotta start saying, you gotta start stop dropping those like classist comments to your coworkers. All right, right. not everyone can afford to go get um, just greens every day at lunch. Okay, right. so you're gonna have to put up with the smells of people's home cooked food. Right. I'm sorry you don't Pam, like Ethiopian, but you gotta stop shitting on their food. Pam, can you stop calling anything that's not French fries pretty much Indian food to you? Like you can't keep saying that. It doesn't. Really. Indian people work here. I guess that's more of an Angela. Honestly, Angela would say that. So oh yeah, Angela would say some nasty shit. She is a terrible person. Okay, so you think there are six on the shittiness scale, or five to seven? I think uh, let's call them a six on okay. the shittiness. Yeah, scale. I'm happy with that. Um. So okay, then the scale applied to how they should die, right? It should be as about as severe as their death. Well, do you think that? I think the general question for you and for our listeners, if anyone wants to you know, send us a message or whatever is, do you think these heroes, quote unquote, deserve to burn? Like, do you think they're burnable? If there are six, it feels like. I think that Pam should die when Jim's like 50. So he has no options and he has to just live the rest of his life in that shitty little house. Been like, I could have been a sports dude in Philly and I gave it all for her. (laughs) That might be one of the most fucked up things you've said on this podcast so far. I'll be fully honest. I've been really shooting for him, too. <laughs> That's insane. My brain is bad. <laughs> it's a bad brain. And what about... Okay, so that's how you feel about Pam. What about Jim? Oh, no, that's their combined thing. That's I think their she combined... should die early. I think okay. she should start finally getting good at painting and find like her first taste of recognition because I think she deserves a little bit of like, hey, you are kind of good at this. And then she dies right so like a little bit of ooh, what could have happened goes away for her but then he has to sit past his prime with all of the what could have life been for like 30 he's gonna live like 92 fucking keep it 40 years of just like oh i kept thinking i was gonna die so i didn't go out and start life over (laughs) so he's just (laughs) bouncing around his house and his kids like we have to go see him but he's such a bummer that's so fucked up that's so (laughs) funny i so do I think they deserve to burn? Um, I, I should have thought about this more. I uh, I don't think they deserve to burn. Okay. I think everything you, I think besides, I want them, I don't want them to die. I don't want one of them to die. I want them to break up and realize that the way they live, it's everything you said, but I just want them to break up and be like the way they live their lives up until the point where they separated has completely crippled them moving forward. They're never yes. going to have another real relationship. <laughs> I like that. Their relationship <laughs> with their kids is, is going to suffer. You know, they don't no. have any real friends. They so abandon all their real quiet, friends. Quiet but violent resentment. Right. They're and so they're going to separate. They're going to break up. They get a divorce, and then they'll come back together because they don't have anybody else. <laughs> so they, but they won't get remarried. It, they won't live together. They'll live in houses oh. next to each other, two equally shitty houses. Like. God, if we just stayed together, we could just put a house together. <laughs> but instead, they're like, I guess this is all we are. You know, you live down the block for me. I can see you get your mail every day. CC yeah. comes to visit when she's back from college or whatever. Oh, you painted a big mailbox, huh, Pam? Quite the imagination. <laughs> you did it. Cool. Oh, it's an airplane landing at an airport. Wow. <laughs> so whatever that is, that's what I think. Uh, that's that's what I think. Exhibit at an art show. She just painted her like little business complex that she works in. That's what's in her heart. That's what's That's in her heart. Her human heart of hearts is the building I'm currently in. <laughs> they say write what you know, and Pam knows how to be kind of a dick at the office. So I wish I could tape a special that's just me describing the front of the building I'm trapped in all last year. <laughs> I wish you could do that too, honestly. <laughs> 
Oh God. So that that's yeah, that's what I think their fate should be. I that's like that because I, I think it's just a stretched out version of mine. <laughs> it's very close to what you said, but I'm just like, I don't know. They haven't like they've been they've been a nuisance, but they haven't like hurt anybody. So that's what that's my line. I think a lot of times is like, are they hurting people? And it's like the, I think we have really a very similar um and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've noticed while I was listening to that last recording, I do that a lot. No, um, we're just getting a rhythm, baby. Interrupt nice. me all the time. Yes. I'm not saying shit. Yes. I don't give a fuck. Um, the theme in both of our punishments is the theme of both of their flaws, and they're just both too fucking scared to live their lives. And so they yes. burn all of this time not living it. And maybe that's what sticks out to me because that is a thousand percent my greatest problem, but fuck <laughs> <laughs> but they're not us they're not so us it's different so it's, it's okay different that i'm afraid and people. hiding constantly it's good <laughs> yeah so uh. in, i in, yeah i mean i think we can all agree if you disagree with us that jim and pam are bad people i want to hear why because i feel like this is a real if you google this this is a thing that is out there people talk about this all the time mm-hmm. i know like michael is painted initially as this person but like it is 100 jim and pam in my opinion but i want to know what everybody else thinks and uh, albert wants you to so i think at this point we can wrap it up and just give our uh you can hit us up on uh, social media and stuff and tell us. Cause I genuinely like last episode when we did stuff, people hit me up and let me know their thoughts, which is amazing. Um, people gave me uh, ideas of people we could do and all of this. I want this interaction. Wow. So many I, more people give a fuck about you. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the five people who reached out, <laughs> uh, but I, I do genuinely want to know what people think about this and we don't, we don't have like a, email i guess for the show or anything i don't know if we i don't even really know if we're going to so you can maybe I, we'll make a twitter or something for it i think you can reach nice out to blast it out and be like who should we burn exactly but you can reach out to us at least right now individually uh so and let us know your thoughts on whether or not jim and pam deserve to burn where do they land on your scale of creep of shittiness one to scale one to ten uh and uh let us know other people you think that we should talk about uh we're working on lists and we want to hear from you so you can follow me on twitter at shack katzner k-a-t-z-n-e-r shack like the basketball player you can follow me on instagram and twitter at hot young albert i might delete my twitter i don't know i've been mulling it over but also like dumping jokes somewhere that no one sure reads. no it's good for the show if you get rid of your twitter it's perfect uh, <laughs> you can send all your hate speech to how young albert on twitter and i promise i'll look and feel sad if that's what you need me to <laughs> thanks for listening that's our show Goodbye.